Uh, so this episode of the next episode, my voice might sound a little bit different because I caught COVID a week ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm fine. We all we all have it. I'm fine. My wife's fine. The kids didn't really show any noticeable signs of having it. We just tested them, you know, because we both had it. Um, and, you know, I had like... You haven't gotten it yet, right? Not to my knowledge, no. Like, I've never had anything bad enough to prompt me to go get tested, so... Yeah, and you were working in a hospital during... Yeah, I was. Pre- I was during pre-vaccines. So somehow, yeah. I don't... Yeah. I I think they might have gotten it at some kind of, like, a a kid's play place that we were at with the kids. Oh, yeah. For, for Ben's birthday, you know. But I don't know. I mean, like, it's okay. Like, we had... We both... I had, like, flu-like symptoms for, like, a day... And then I'm not trying to, to 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 minimize the impact of the virus as a whole, but just like for me, it was not that bad. Like, and then we I was just kind of you had some fogginess or some some tiredness periodically, but then yeah, and then like the last like couple of days, I've been getting more congested again. I don't know, which I don't really know what what that's about uh. unless I have. So this 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 intro can kind of be like. Our, our, like, June 2020 episodes, which is, like, the episodes that were recorded in March where we were, like, so what's with this COVID thing? Right. Uh, and, <laughs> what, you know, will it stick around? Who who can say? And who then, obviously, say. It's, yeah. it, it never goes away. Um, it's just the 20s. So maybe I have... Maybe I have the dreaded long COVID, although I don't think so. Can I, can I, can I ask you a question, actually? We can cut this out if you want to. Yeah, I um, might not know, but okay. yeah, go for it. So I want to ask you a question as someone who has worked in the, in the field of medicine. What, what Do you have a take on long COVID? Because I'm not saying that it's not a thing, but like, I feel like when I see people talking about it on Twitter, it's like the same people who talk about like chronic Lymes or things like that where I'm like, is this real? You know, like, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, I know. I mean, I know there are, like, long COVID specifically is, like, an entity I'm not familiar with. I know, like, there have, there are, like, like, cases of kind of longer term effects. Yeah. That are less of just the, like, kind of having the, like, typical, like, flu-like COVID symptoms for a while. And more, like, Mm -hmm. like, there can be, like, sort of, like, scarring in the lungs and, like, kind of, like, longer term it's usually like like actual like kind of respiratory like lung disease they can be like fibrotic or or that kind of thing um but is that but i've also just like anecdotally heard about people that just kind of get knocked down like just it takes a long time to like kind of feel a back up to 100 percent and like get kind of your full yeah strength and stamina back and that i think is more of just an individual like kind of how someone's body responded to the sort of assault of the infection. Yeah, like, I, I'm not trying to, like, discredit anyone or anything, but but I, I'm just, like, part of me, you know, because my because my dad is in, in medicine and, and I've worked in, like, journalism and stuff, and so you hear people, like, talking about various things where I'm, like, part of me is, like, is this an actual... We, maybe we should have had... Uh, we should have talked about this last week during the... with the science people, but, but like... Yeah. Part of me wonders if, if, if long COVID should be talked about or treated as, like, an actual discrete illness or whether it's, like, complications of having had COVID, where, like, where like you know, just... Yeah, like that's any... kind of more my understanding, like, what I'm familiar with, mm-hmm. um, is that, yeah, there are kind of a number of different reported, like, kind of longer-term complications of it, because it's, like, a bad thing. I mean, like, you could argue that 
death is a particularly severe long-term complication of it. But yeah, you know, that there's like a lot of... The longest code. Yeah, that's kind of what makes it so bad is there's a lot of kind of more serious damage it can cause. But yeah, I would consider all of that to just be different, like complications that have been associated with it. And yeah, I don't, I don't know of a like discrete entity of like chronic COVID or something like that, but, but I, it's something, not something I've done a lot of reading about. Yeah. Well, we should probably stop talking about it. (laughs) I don't know. I just, uh, that's just something I've always been kind of curious about when I think about because it does, it does remind me of other things where it's like I'm not denying that there's issues there, but the classification I, I, that that's the thing I don't know about. But anyway. Hi everybody and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard and I'm Brady Jungle, and today we have a. Uh, Another Enterprise episode for you, but it's actually a pretty good one. Yeah, um, I think it's one that we both enjoyed a lot. So, I, I would go so far as to say, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, but this is probably the best episode of Enterprise we've watched for the show. It's, I, that would be my, yeah, my, my I, recollection. I would, it's probably up there, yeah. Well, I, I was thinking, that, like, so I was looking through just because of kind of how the the storyline tied in and I was looking through and we've actually seen quite a bit now of season three. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I saw a couple of different previously on, where I was like, Oh yeah, we've seen that episode. Yeah. Yeah. This one I feel in particular, I think seems to kind of fairly directly follow f- or like tie in a lot to the shipment, which was yeah. maybe the last one we watched. Um, no, the last one we watched is the one with the, uh, fallen hero, the one with uh, oh, that's right, with Tapal's uh, mentor or yeah. her idol or whatever. Okay, but yeah, yeah, it was not very long ago we watched the shipment. Um, I also, I think I also saw some uh, one or two clips from the episode where where Tapal has to fifty first dates. Um, oh, Twilight, uh, yeah, Archer, yeah, t- yeah. I can't remember what it was called, but yeah, I think I saw I think... A, a clip or two from that as well. That one as well. Yeah, because I think that's the. As kind of I'm piecing all this together, I think that one is like in an alternate timeline where the weapon that the weapon that they're kind of dealing with in this one actually did destroy Earth. Well, we'll get to the weapon. Or, that the weapon might be the thing I have the most issue with. Um, okay. In this episode, but anyway, we, we've been Fair talking enough. around it. This episode is called Proving Ground. It's season uh, three, episode thirteen of Enterprise. It's written by uh, Chris Black and directed by David Livingston. Some interesting things about those two people. David Livingston is the... It has the Famous most... Famous explorer? Oh. Well, <laughs> he, he is the most... Um, I, I, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I think he'd be pretty old then, but he... Sorry. He's, um, Sorry to kind of throw you off there. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's fine. Um, he has the most directing credits of any person who's ever directed Star Trek. He's got... Really? 62 episodes. Um, he directed TNG, DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise um, episodes. Um, and then I think later on, after the, the show's over, according to according to Memory Alpha, he he had a photography um, exhibit that just showcased different people's photography of the Hollywood sign. So, hmm. um, and, and Chris Black... Because I was, I was like, well, I wonder if we've seen any other episodes by this guy. Because I was like, this episode's pretty well written. Um, I just found it pretty enjoyable. 
And I was like, wonder if he's anything. So he he was nominated for a Hugo for another episode of um, the show, which we have not watched yet, um, called Carbon Creek, which is like, I think I've heard that name before. I think it's a one of, it's one of the more popular Enterprise episodes. Okay. I think it's, it's something about like T'Pol's grandparents like landing in Pennsylvania or something like that. But then he also did the teleplay for uh, Three Days and Three Nights. So like he's he's really run the gamut. Although, but like I did look okay. that episode up and it wasn't his idea. Like like the story credit is by Berman and Braga, you know. So sure. He he was given the job of polishing a turd, but I think even that I would still say he could he did a kind of a bad job polishing. Yeah, so, um, I but, think there's some execution issues in that one as well. But yeah, but but this episode pretty good. We don't have to talk about three nights and three nights in this. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the memory alpha um, description of this one is uh, an Andorian ship commanded by Shran unexpectedly appears in the Expanse to help the Enterprise locate the Zindi primary weapon. And, uh, yeah, so that, I think that's one reason also why I liked it is because Shran was in it. And I, I think that's if, if Shran's in an episode, it's going to automatically get bumped up <laughs> for me. I mean, he was particular. like, I feel like you, you kind of saw more, like, interesting in depth to that character in this one, too. Mm-hmm. That I, so I actually didn't realize that he was in, I don't know why I thought this, but for some reason I thought he was only in the last season. Oh, okay. Um... I didn't realize that he is kind of like s- sprinkled throughout the whole show, actually. Yeah, I think I think he he gets in more and more as the show goes on, and yeah. they had been talking about making him a main cast member in a in a theoretical season five, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I think he's in the whole thing. Yeah, it is it is interesting that I, so I was I was looking through and like we've we've seen now quite a bit of season three and like I wonder if season three was when it got good because i feel like we've liked a lot of the at least some of the season three ones oh, man, that we've you watched got, you got me curious Cause, now because how many have we watched we, oh well so i guess the seen... enar was season four yeah um but that one was good the shipment uh shipment was pretty good it was pretty good i Twi- wasn't we've, we've I seen love <laughs> twilight i think twilight was i think like i like okay, twilight but... more than you did yeah north star was disappointing north, north star was not good yeah uh, and then this one, I guess that. So we've seen three in a row. Then was, haven't we? yeah. we've seen Twilight North Star, or the shipment Twilight and North Star. Yeah, uh, I don't know why. Like, I feel like I find the Zindi story like just interesting. Like, I I'd like to, yeah. which is odd that for how much we complain about the newer Star Trek series and like how we're kind of less attracted to those being like serialized and that kind of causes some problems it doesn't have the same feel like i feel like it seems like maybe that enterprise got good when it decided to have like an actual story to tell instead of just like this is the episode where we tell about the first time they went to warp five and this is the episode where we explain why archer's a pilot yeah but i i think the difference though is that this is serialized kind of in the same way that a lot of, like, Deep Space Nine was serialized, in that, like, I still felt like this was... You know, I don't I don't love starting an episode and seeing it previously on, but, like, I still o- overall felt like this was a... It was written as a discrete chunk of television, you know? Like, which I mm-hmm. don't feel yeah, like... Yeah, like, there was a... Like, this episode was the story of this thing happening. Yeah, characters have like individual episode long 
arcs, you know, so to mm-hmm. speak. And it's in the context of a larger story, but it's not it's not just like, all right, watch this one and then watch the next one. You just kind of like pick whatever. up where the last one left off and then yeah. like... Yeah, because I'm sure that like the next one is probably about something else like in the overall story, but it's not going to be like... And yeah. then we cut back to to Shran and he's doing, you know, and we see Shran pushing the button that sends the message out or, or right. whatever. But um, uh, so I think it's it's still a little bit different. Where I think it is still written as a discrete episode of TV. It, it, honestly, I kind of have a, a different opinion. Where like I think that for, if anything, like, and I understand why it had to be done this way, but I kind of feel like maybe. The plot limited me from liking it a little bit more, but that might just also be oh, really? the way we're the way, the way that we're watching it. Because maybe I would have enjoyed it more. Maybe kind of more into what was going on with the Zindi. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it it definitely helped that we had recently. Like, I yeah. feel like the shipment kind of gave did give us some context for yeah for what they're doing here. I will say though that like as you said many times on on the show, I think that like there are some really cool ideas in. Enterprise and it's like an execution issue a lot of the time. Like where yeah. we're like, you know, like I think like we've both said that like making them astronauts instead of future sailors is a good idea. Or like I think that like the Zindi themselves, very compelling idea. It's like it's it's fun to see like that kind of like not great CGI of like that big <laughs> fly man and then and then like there's people in like a fish tank like right. hanging out in the background. Yeah, I'm I think like, yeah, that's pretty neat. Maybe the like, first that's... time I think we've seen all of the different Zindi races, which is kind of cool to like have them all in one room. Yeah, except for except for the extinct avian Zindi that we that's right that are the, too much to animate. Too much to animate. Yeah, although that kind of again sort of tangentially might also be. I wonder how much that plays into what makes this a lot more watchable is it does seem like the budget's much better in in these season three episodes than in some of the earlier enterprise episodes yeah it really feels like they run hot and cold on this stuff because i feel like there's one or two episodes of season four we've watched that are i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm just misremembering and maybe it's just like it just wasn't a good episode but like i feel like we maybe said something about it being cheap in that season four episode with the with the Orion slave girls, but maybe not. Maybe I, maybe that's just episode which is bad, and it doesn't really. It's, it's not like a really <laughs> yeah. Issue I forget. Of... There may have been something. I mean, this one did have space ruffles. So space ruffles. <laughs> well, there was. So there's a scene where they're like in the, in like the mess hall or whatever. Like Tucker. Oh and, yes, that's right. <laughs> and uh, and what's his name, Malcolm, or like or like talking, and Tucker is like just straight up eating actual like ruffles yeah he just eats a chip yeah <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah i was like oh, that's I, I did think to myself like oh the enterprise has chips the replicator makes chips that's still yeah. a thing. and i think he has like a club sandwich or something i don't know i imagine it's one of those where they like realized at the last minute that he should like they're in the mess hall eating and he should have food and so they just grabbed something from catering I don't know. I'm not, I, I probably would ask the replicator to make me a sandwich every now and then, I think. That's fair. But yeah, I don't know why it just like jumped out to me so much of just like, oh, there's just, he's, he's just chomping down on some on some potato chips. But yeah, but like, I don't know. I still am very impressed by the antenna. Uh, yes, it's so good. And that, that shot, that, that one shot in this episode where I was like, maybe, I would say props to David Livingston, like, you know, working in this medium for so long, like, that shot of the back of Archer's head, 
when oh, yeah. he's looking when he's looking at the at the view screen and then you see Shran's antenna like on the view screen pop up over his head. That's such a good shot for for like a show where like I I feel like the direction is usually pretty anonymous. And my, I'm not even talking about I'm not even talking about Enterprise. I'm talking about just like Star Trek as a series. Yeah, they're not like really they don't make their their bread and butter on like dramatic visuals or that. Yeah, or like even like a yeah a distinct like directorial style of any you know I'm I'm watching like every Steven Soderbergh movie right now and like he's not like a really flashy guy but you can watch his stuff and be like you watch it off and you're like oh yeah this is like this is a Soderberghian thing you know like and I don't really usually feel like there is a lot of that stuff in Trek but like this episode had some pretty interesting visual work and I that that in particular I I thought that was such a fun little like. Again, just something where it's like you've been looking at all this stuff enough to like be like, oh yeah, like we could do something like that. That'd be interesting, you know, because yeah. you, you've been spending so much time in this in this space. But um, yeah, the antenna are great. Like, the, there's the, there's the other shot where he's drinking, where he drinks the Andorian ale, and then his antenna wince, which I've seen like turned into like a meme. That gif of him drinking. Uh, yeah, good. It's it's that's still really good stuff. Um, yeah apparently so I, I did i was curious on this one and actually did like look it up a little bit and they they are like they have little like servos in them they're, and they're like remote controlled so apparently like every andorian has an individual like essentially like puppeteer that's like remote controlling their antenna crazy. while they're on screen which yeah that's... it's just like super impressive for and like i feel like they do use it for like it kind of adds like subtle like is almost like another like tool of expression almost that yeah, yeah I feel like is very very well done. It's that's it feels like so much more work than is put into like the prosthesis of like any Star Trek character on any other show like you right. know like it, it's it but I but it's it's so it's it, it adds so much though to those characters it's yeah. such a good decision. Okay, well why don't you why don't you take us in? Why don't you take yeah. us? Yeah. Um so it, essentially, kind of what's going on is that Enterprise is still in the sort of Zindi area of space because they're still trying to hunt down whatever weapon the Zindi had used to attack Earth previously, which I think they kind of talk about a little bit more in this, that like some weapon like this had attacked Earth and like been catastrophic, killed 7 million people. And, and so, we haven't seen we haven't seen that episode. No, we haven't, because I think they talked about it some in the shipment, and then they talk about it some more here. And so the Enterprise has kind of like come to like try to prevent that from happening again. And so they've figured out that the Zindi are making another kind of more powerful version of this weapon. That it sounds like the goal of the Zindi is to destroy the entire planet. Like they're basically building a Death Star. Right. That, that this this is my this is my issue is that I I did write down just like they just made a Death Star. Like there's there's a scene at the end where they have the Death they have like this this big orb shoot a big laser at a moon uh-huh. and blow up the moon kind of. Yeah. And and then I'm just like that's just a Death Star like that's kind of yeah it's a it's a sphere in space with like a smaller circle on one side of it that a laser comes out of yeah maybe maybe 
that's the research that J.J. Abrams did for the Star Trek movies, is he just watched Enterprise, and he's like, oh, it's like Star Wars, right? Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, so they find out that the Zindir building a Death Star, and so they're... I forget how... Is it because of the like tracking device that they put in in the the shipment but like they they basically figured out that the zindi are about to do a like test with their death star um, yeah yeah and you're right it was because yeah it was because of what they did in the shipment where they put a tracking a tracker on it yeah which kind of makes me wonder like what exactly happened in the because this one almost feels like a direct follow-up to that episode like i wonder what what happened for six episodes before they finally tracked down the the weapon i guess in one of them they went to the old west um yeah they went to the old west they uh one of them was like an alternate timeline so that's fine and yeah, yeah i don't know i, ca- I kind of like that though i like the idea of them slow rolling stuff yeah um but yeah and so they're on their way to where this test is going to happen and they have to go through an area of space where there's these like weird anomalies like and they're they get caught in one that's and they're like in some trouble and then they get tractored out of it by and that's when you have like the the reveal that you were talking about where they like put the ship on screen and the they're shooting from behind archer's head so the two little antennae come out and the reveal is that it's it's shran and the andorians yeah who are they make it sound in this episode like they're enemies of the vulcans or at least in this sort of like cold war with the vulcans yeah um where they have these kind of little border skirmishes and don't trust each other and they've encountered humans before and like are kind of mutually suspicious but not actually enemies with humans yeah is kind of the impression i I got from this i don't know if you got a different yeah they almost seemed like the vulcans version of like the klingons or the romulans but to the vulcans kind of like yeah in a weird way yeah, that they're not at, like, open war, but are just kind of, like, hostile to each other. And, like, what Tran says is they were just kind of, like, following Enterprise just to sort of see, like, because they were suspicious of, like, why it was out here and wanted to see what it was doing. And then they offer to help them kind of repair the ship and recover from the effects of the storm. Because, like, their warp engine was damaged, their weapons were damaged and so you know initially kind of the the crew the enterprise uh is sort of like distrustful and suspicious and then they end up kind of being very helpful and help them get the warp engine and the weapons up and working faster so before we get get away from like them the ship getting damaged i want to talk a little bit about like what do you think about ideas like the expanse or like the Badlands or things like that. Like, it's, it's a recurring thing in Star Trek, just like a bad part of space. Where it's like an area of space that's particularly like. Where it's like they like it's like you have to, to go, go off. Through. You have to go off roading, you know. And, and like, yeah. I, I think that's f- f- fine. And I thought it was fine in this episode, but it did make me think about like the worst version of it. The version I don't like of it is in. I was watching an episode of Voyager recently. And they talk about, and I think they've mentioned this before on Voyager, they talked about the idea of chaotic space, where they've gone through chaotic space, where it's just like... Is that, that's not where the species 8472 
live. No, it? I don't is think that so. That's in uh, something else. No, I, I gotta I gotta look it up. I'm gonna okay. I don't remember chaotic space then. But like, so like, it makes sense to me. Like the Badlands of the Expanse, where there's like, oh yeah, there's anomalies or nebulas or mm-hmm. or things like that. But then chaotic space is just like. So, so it says here, chaotic space was an extremely energetic zone where the laws of physics were in a state of flux, causing an extreme hazard in navigation. And it's like, that's stupid. That's just, that's just, <laughs> you just, you're just saying like, we're in weird space. We're in space, yeah, we're in a part of space, where, space. Episode, where episodes of Star Trek happen more often. You know, like, uh-huh. um, what episode is this that this happens in? Uh, oh, right. This is in the, this is in the episode, the very disappointing episode I've been waiting for it, and then it wasn't very good. Uh, the fight, the episode where Chakotay is a boxer. Um, do you remember this episode? I don't. I mean, I I know boxer Chakotay from timelines, but I I don't remember the episode that that happens in. Yeah, he's a he's a boxer, and I was like, oh, this would be some kind of a holo a holodeck thing, or maybe they'll have to uh-huh. go back in time or something. And it's just like, no, it's like he like has hallucinations, and then at the end, he has to like do a vision quest, and he's like. He's a boxer in his mind, and he's got like a mind version of Boothby there, who taught him how to box when he was in Starfleet Academy. It's not very good, but yeah, this is happening because he's in chaotic space, which is just <laughs> a bad concept. Sorry, Voyager, you did a bad job with that one. Like, just just say they went into a nebula, like you know, like it's, yeah. it's not that hard. Yeah, or like Q shenanigans or something. Yeah. But I I think the expanse is okay. I do kind of laugh when it comes up in DS Nine when the when the the Maquis are in the Badlands, where it's like that's just the name of a place on Earth. Like, uh-huh. and it's just, it's just a funny idea that like just they're in a really kind of like a part of space where like it would be harder if you went hiking. You know, like it's right. just funny to me. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does. I think it is one of those traps that's easy to fall into in something like Star Trek. Is like space equivalents of earth things for storytelling purposes right like like particularly like nautical things i think happen a lot um of like right that that you kind of well space travel is actually like incredibly different than like sailing on oceans but that's sort of the closest thing that we have in our racial subconscious which as as spock would say <laughs> right <laughs> but like you know like our kind of like cultural like storytelling our lexicon stories are told in that context a lot yeah that you kind of borrow things from that and be like it's like that but in space when actually right like it, it's sort of like the what's the the line from the wrath of khan where kirk's like oh but khan's thinking two-dimensionally and yeah. then like kind of proceeds to equally think just two-dimensionally but go like up and down just a little bit to get behind him yeah uh but yeah i feel like it, it is one of those things where it's just like oh yeah it's like the bermuda triangle but in space yep anyway we, we you know just i just made me think of that because i i watched this episode and it was like not very long after i had watched the fight and i was like oh yeah i was just like annoyed i was just like this is a dumb like i want i want to be seeing chakotay boxing someone in a boxing ring and not just being like i have to go into my mind palace and box my fears or whatever <laughs> you haven't seen i'm trying to remember when it happens but you, have you gotten to soon yet no no i'm looking okay. forward to that one i'm looking forward to one of the one of the first acting credits of of the rock, of Dwayne the rock johnson yeah uh have not gotten there yet though the last episode we watched had jason alexander in it uh oh was, that's that was, a fun one 
that was a fun one. I, I, I texted you this, but like that, that I will talk about it. I'm sure eventually on the show, but like that episode was great because I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Star Trek where the guest star was obviously so delighted to be in Star Trek. Uh-huh. Just like, he's just, he's giving it so much. And like, you can just almost like, honestly kind of like tell that he is just trying to avoid smiling the entire time where it's just like so clear that he just like loves Star Trek. And it's like, I can't believe I get to be on Star Trek. Like, this is so awesome. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty great, honestly. But, uh, uh, so yeah, I yeah. think what were we even talking about before? So yeah, well, they're in the, exp- they're in the, what is it? The Delphic, exp- is this the Delphic Expanse? They're in, I think so. I think, yeah, they're in they're like in the Disney Expanse, which experience. is like an area, it's where the Zindi live, and there's also these like weird anomalies that they kind of have to navigate around. And yeah, so so the Andorians are helping them repair the ship, and there's some scenes... There's there's a there's a scene where, where Malcolm tells Archer, we're damn lucky the torpedoes are all in safe mode. And I was like, are you lucky, or is that just... They shouldn't like why not you be. put them in safe mode? Why would why wouldn't you why wouldn't they be in safe mode? Like why would you that just seems have like them the, around? the purpose of that of that option is to prevent yeah. the torpedoes from randomly just exploding the ship when you go through an anomaly. Yeah, it's like I'm not a hunter, but like you should never be lucky that your safety was on. <laughs> your safety like, was should, on. It just needs to be on. Like that's the <laughs> right. thing of it. You know. Anyway. I mean Dick Cheney would disagree, but Right. <laughs> uh yeah, and so so the most of the scenes are between there scenes between Archer and Shran kind of sort of talking each other into like we have to trust each other and like really we should work together here and deciding that they're going to kind of work together to to steal this weapon from the Zindi because Shran at first is just like well why don't you just like run in and blow it up and Archer's like no we need to take it so that we can like study it and develop a way to defend ourselves from it. And then the other kind of scenes that go on during this part are between Malcolm and uh, T- Tannis? Is Tannis somebody else? Uh, I think it's Tallis. Tallis. Yeah. I have her fully leveled up in um, in timelines, actually. So oh, nice. Oh, Tannis is the um, Ocampan guy. And Tannins are what's in wine. But anyways, there's also scenes between Malcolm and Tallis... Um, who's the Andorian kind of tactical officer or security officer, I think. And he's at first, like, super distrustful of her and basically, like, the only reason she wants to be around the weapon systems is to, like, steal all of our secrets. And then she basically tells him, like, our weapons are so much more advanced than yours that, like, there's there's no secrets here for me to to steal. Yeah. Um, and then he ends up trusting her and like she's actually very helpful and they fix the weapons like days faster than they otherwise would be able to but then she there is a scene where like after he walks away she does like something shifty with the sensors and so um and well then another thing so as they're kind of coming up on the the zindi there's a bunch of zindi ships kind of around the weapon and there's a couple times where basically Enterprise is like, our sensors can't like see that far. And so the Andorians are like, oh, we'll just kind of transmit our, we'll like share our screen with you basically so that you can like see what our sensors are picking up on your screen. I thought that was like a very like nifty little bit of, 
I mean, when the reveal happens at the end, I yeah, was like, yeah. this is like a good bit of screenwriting where it's like, it makes sense and you don't really realize that you're being like, let it on the bit when this happens. Yeah. I thought that was like a, yeah, a nice it is good. bit of screenwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I forget exactly when this part happens, but there is a very fun bit when the Andorians just kind of like fly into and like hail the Zindi <laughs> and Shran's pretending to be this just like cheerful merchant captain. But he also, he hasn't really thought of what he's going to say, because at one point he says he's looking for a substance called, uh, Archerite. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was another episode where I said the same thing, but I, I really enjoy and, like, feel like it must be a very fun thing for, especially, like, particularly good actors to play, like, their character trying to act and being not so good at it. Yeah, yeah. Because Shran, like, is this very just kind of, like, gruff cynical guy and then is trying having to pretend to be like hello it's me merchant captain shran would you like to be part of like a, a mining deal oh yeah. well we must have stumbled into the wrong area don't mind us we're gonna just wander off now uh, man i love jeffrey combs he's so good <laughs> and then and then like as they're leaving he's, he says to whoever's like piloting the ship like back off slowly the Andorian Mining Coalition runs from no one. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, ah, oh, he's so good. Yeah, I mean, his his performance in this episode was probably a big part of of it. But also, I feel like his like that character is just well, and like this episode, like in general, I thought was just well written in a lot of ways too, which is something that I think sometimes Enterprise lacks. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was good. Good stuff. Uh, but yeah, but so. Essentially, what happens is that they watch the the Zindi test the device on this on this moon, and then afterwards, essentially, the device has to like cool down, so it's just kind of floating out in space. And so they rush in, and Enterprise kind of causes a distraction, and then the Andorian ship tractors up the weapon and and puts it in their cargo bay. Yeah. So the the weapon should. The weapon doesn't work the way they want it to, and they say it's because the guy from the shipment oh, episode yeah, like, has sabotaged it. But this this kind of makes me laugh too because like they're attacking a moon, and they shot the moon, and then the the moon basically it doesn't totally explode like it doesn't yeah, like but like start. the entire surface of it like comes off, and and I yeah. was like. I was like, if this is a failure, like, what's the... Sig-? And I think one of them actually even says that in the episode. Yeah, you you would absolutely kill everything living on that. Like, if that was inhabited, everything on the surface of that planet would die. Yeah, I've seen Don't Look Up, you know, it's like, it's not the impact, uh, or, you know, it is the impact of the combat that kills you. It's not, it's not like the Earth getting cut in half, like, right. that's not the thing. Like, it's like... Yeah. It's just, it's like, yeah, the, the comet that killed all the dinosaurs, if that's what happened, it wasn't, the comet didn't destroy the Earth, it just totally messed up the ecosystem, you know, like, yeah. it feels like it would be enough to kill most people on Earth, at least, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why they're, like, disappointed with with it, what dramatic yeah. that was, but... Um... The only thing I could think of was, like, maybe, maybe like, the Earth has some, like, rudimentary shielding or something, so it wouldn't be strong enough to get yeah, the shield or, or like something it's like a that. Si- like, if the Earth is, like, larger than this moon, and so, like, if you scale it up, it would be, like, less devastating, or, like, only to, like, a smaller area of it. I don't know. 
that looks pretty deadly to me. But anyways, yeah, same. <laughs> and anyways, then like as they're kind of making their escape. Oh, so Archer's on the Andorian ship. Like he convinces Shran to let him like be taking the lead on this because it's kind of it's their mission basically. Well, this is the thing I probably liked the least about this episode is that like in the end, like I guess like he's justified because like it turns out that that the Andorians were kind of up to no good, so to speak. But like, but he's just kind of like, no, I need to be in charge. And he he won't say it's because he doesn't trust them. He's just like. You know, this is our mission, so like, it's, it involves Earth, so, like, I need to be the one on your ship telling you what to do. Which is, yeah, it's, I, I was just like, this feels like him kind of big-dicking it. Yeah. But, yeah, clearly, so, like, he's on their ship, and then they get the weapon, he's like, okay, great, let's, like, go to the meeting place and meet up with Enterprise, and then Tran's just like, nope, we're keeping the weapon for ourselves, because, like, the most important thing for us is the security of Andoria and like if we have this weapon then the Vulcans will never attack us. Did we say earlier though that like Shran is kind of conflicted about this because he got like this message from like a general. Oh yeah, that's right, he did. Where the general's like, hey, you gotta steal this thing and he's and he's kinda like, I don't know, like Yeah, like it, it's one of those where like that was the plan all along and then like he kinda as he started to warm up to Archer, he was just like, Well maybe we should help the humans and the general's just like Nope your loyalty is to the imperial guard so that scene with the general was i think the most egregious i've ever seen in any star trek episode of that concept we talk about sometimes of like somebody in a view screen looking not at the view screen but like in the in the direction that the screen is yeah the geometrical direction of like where the person's head is because the screen's kind of like elevated like up on the wall right yeah and his and you can see like he's he's almost in profile like the like his head is looking so far to i believe like the the left side of the screen mm-hmm. where it's like it's too far it does it, it even it breaks like the kayfabe of what they even do on the show you know like it's uh-huh. uh but yeah that was, that was very strange yeah <laughs> but there's some good like i don't know jeffrey Combs is just a good actor like there's just some good stuff there where he's just like well i don't know i think yeah. you, you kind of can tell he respects archer and he's like this they don't seem that bad like this seems like why should we risk this incident with them when like we both the adorians could still score a win out of this yeah even if of... the humans ended up with the device you know but he's like no no no, we have to do this yeah they kind of like set archer loose in an escape pod and we're just like well we're going into this nebula or whatever so like the enterprise won't be able to find us or no 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 it's because it's because the uh talus had like sabotaged enterprise's sensors yeah and then archer gets back to enterprise and basically malcolm is just like well i it's a good thing i never trusted her anyways and so like we caught what she did to the sensors and fixed it and so they end up catching the andorian ship faster than they thought they would and shran is just like you're not going to like attack us. We would overpower you. And Archer says, no, but we basically like during all of those times that the Andorians were like sharing their sensor data with enterprise enterprise used that to like backdoor hack into their system. So now they can remotely activate the, the weapon inside the Andorian ship and, and detonate it. And Shran is just like, I think you're bluffing. You would never do that. And Archer just goes ahead and does it. It's a very um, Cisco-ian move, I thought. Uh, yeah, I, it is always kind of a, like, like sort of like surprising when and like I'm never sure how to feel about it when like the 
hero does something like so like someone calls their bluff and then they just straight up like do it anyways like kind of like just takes the game of chicken all the way to the end and so the Andorians kind of like eject the weapon just in time and it explodes in space yeah and then we find out a that good, good, a good scene like, yeah just, yeah no i thought it was like a very good like the ending especially this episode was i thought was really good um and then we kind of what they reveal is that the enterprise had also managed to like do scans of this thing or like download the schematics of it basically like they have the death star plans essentially so they did they still were able to get kind of the andorians didn't get to keep the weapon and also the humans were able to get enough like information about it that theoretically they can like build a a defense for it yeah i I really liked the way that that was done too where like it's kind of like sent in like this way to make it look like it's just like subspace debris and like there's a little bit of ambiguity where you're like you don't actually know who sent it where it's like probably probably shran sent it but like maybe Talos sent it, you know, because, like, she was also kind of, like, sympathetic to... Yeah. She was doing her job, but, like, she was still, still kind of sympathetic. I, I like that idea where there's just, like... They have, like, some sort of friend on that, on the Andorian ship, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was a fun, that was a, a good way to end it. This episode actually kind of reminded me... I don't think it's as good as this, but it reminded me a little bit of um, uh, Live Fast and Prosper, uh, where really? there's, like, there's, like, kind of, like, this continuing sort of, like, double-blind, like reversal thing going on mm-hmm. like as where it's like you know the beginning where you know, like kind of like heist movie type thing where like it turned out that we were like one step ahead of you the whole time yeah or like or oh we flip it on you we flip it on you like and like where yeah. you keep on kind of being like okay that's it no no that's not it like and yeah i i, yeah. I thought that was good yeah, yeah i thought I, they executed that that well it was it was a fun one yeah well it's so nice to talk about an Enterprise episode and be like, that oh, was good. Like, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. We th- really enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Not even like, that was good. Like, but like, <laughs> right. the actual, like, yeah, that was good. That was a fun one. Like, that was. Yeah. I agree. Do you have any other notes for this one? I, I had one more. I had a couple, a couple of like minor ones. So my, my first one was that apparently Hoshi is still just an ensign. Yeah. Which I, I feel like is, is kind of an echo of like your, your thing you've always said about Harry Kim. Of, like, how he went through, what, like, seven years of being, like, a major person on the bridge and, like, never got promoted. Whereas Tom Paris got, like, promoted and then demoted and then promoted again in the same period of time. Yeah, and he's a criminal. The old uh, Trucks of the City podcast, they used to, one of the hosts used to joke that, like, Latinos, like, didn't didn't make it to the future. <laughs> you know, like, and maybe we're, we're seeing, like, there's, there's still some kind of weird, like, subtle anti-asian bias in the yeah future, like, where it's it's just, like they just don't get promoted at the same rate that yeah that other people do what was sulu was he a lieutenant i think he's a lieutenant yeah i mean i guess he's a captain eventually but yeah well they're all captains eventually i think i like don't we yeah, see well, like in fair. some in some future that harry's a captain too i feel like they ever just becomes a captain eventually or they die you know yeah or d- d- both depending on which timeline yeah <laughs> i told you right that i found out recently that trip dies at the, in the last episode oh of the yeah show, which is like, spoilers i, I, guess, didn't, I but... didn't even know that like that's such a crazy thing that, that like that just speaks to like obviously there's a fa- passionate enterprise fans but it just speaks to i think that like the much less like cultural penetration that this one had yeah the kind of the awareness of, of what happened i was like oh okay i didn't realize that the, one of the main cast members died yeah the real twist is that Riker's the one that kills him 
Yeah, yeah, Riker as chef in the. But uh, the only other note I had is that I was thinking more about because this is the second episode with Andorians we've watched in relatively recent history. Yeah. And I was thinking about their pejorative. I was thinking about their pejorative phrase of uh, pig skins, which like we mm-hmm. always talk about, like how it's such a weird thing where like people they have like basically. Star Trek will sometimes just have people say, like, what are essentially racial, like, future racial slurs, where it's right. like, why is this okay? Like, they'll, you know, they'll be like, they'll call, a, you know, Frankie, like, big ears or whatever. Yeah, and, I feel like like McCoy calls Spock all sorts of. Green blood or pointy ears, yeah. yeah. And, and, but that one, I was like, this, that's doubly weird because, like, not all humans are pink skinned. Like, like, yeah, like that does is he true. call or Hoshi, like, pink skinned? Also, Mayweather like continuing to be like an absolute non-entity. Like I think he has like is he in this episode? one scene? I think he's in he's in like one scene at the beginning where like Archer is like keep it steady or whatever. And huh. I was like, oh yeah, he exists. Or Mayweather. Like he has to be him and Dinan have to be like the two least utilized main cast members in a Star Trek show. Like it can't, it's not even close. Like yeah, you just forget he's there. Like and not because like the actor's doing a bad job. Just like. They never give him anything to do, ever. Yeah, just the characters not written into the show, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so what, what, what were we... What oh, my, my other thing was just that, and I, again, I don't know why I, I noticed it in this one, but I like found it notable that female Andorians wear human makeup just in shades of blue. So Talus oh, has sure. like darker, like deep blue like eyeshadow and like blue lipstick. Yeah. Which I was just like, it is sort of weird that, like, human beauty standards are essentially, like, applied across. Because then I started thinking about it, like, well, I guess technically, like, presumably Vulcans and Bajorans and Trill also wear eyeshadow and lipstick. So. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like that, it's the the thing that they can always point to, which is just the, like, parallel, parallel evolutions, because it's all. Yeah. Just like, it's all the same creatures. All species have the same, like, beauty standards as, as humans. Yeah. Well, not all, because the Ferengi have very different beauty standards. Where it's That's like, fair. It's very immodest for a woman to wear clothes, and like it's all about ears and stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, but for the most part, though, yes, I agree. <laughs> well, I think that's all we have for you today, but this is a fun one. But yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we come out uh, every other week, um, so you can come back and listen to us. In a couple weeks, we're going to be talking about an all-time classic Trek episode, uh, Captain's Holiday, which is... TNG Season 3, Episode 19. And you can also check us out online. Uh, you can visit us on Twitter at Contracts. You can uh, email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com. You can uh, follow us on YouTube at Out of Contracts. And you can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. You can also check out the other shows on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There is Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There is Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. And there's That's the Science Works which is a science pop culture podcast. And thank you very much to them for being on our show hmm. last time. That was a lot. That was a ton of fun. We had a great time. Um, but yeah, uh, until next time, we'll see you when we talk about Captain's holiday. Thanks. Thanks everybody.